Hi, welcome to the Chatabout Bot project. My name is Caio Calado, and I will have conversations about bots with many experts from all around the world. Together, we are going to learn from them. We are going to learn about their thoughts, their experiences, and also the advices on creating conversational experiences. I hope that all these conversations will give you a comprehensive picture about our industry and also to prepare you to create your own conversational experiences. On this episode, I'm talking to Lucas Eves. Lucas is a Vice President of Engineering at Pullstring, a platform for voice applications based in San Francisco, California. He's going to focus on voice, user interfaces, and also how a good writing can help you to create delightful conversations. I'm really excited to have these conversations and to share them with you. And we are going to get back right after this message. Hi, my name is Sergio Passos. I'm CTO at Take. We are the leading Brazilian company for conversational apps and chatbots. Being the mobile market for more than 19 years has given us the expertise to build great conversational experience. To do so, we use Blip, our platform that integrates the best tools to build, run, and evolve chatbots. We believe that a single message can change the world, and that's why we think it is so relevant to chat about bots. Hello everybody, today I'm here with Lucas from Postring and we are going to have like a conversation about voice user interfaces and also about the Pullstream itself. And thank you so much for having us here. Yeah, thanks Kyle, happy to be here. And I'm really excited about it. But before we start, I would like to get to know a little bit more about you mm -hmm. and how you get involved with the bot world. Yeah, um, so let's see. The, yeah, if you take it, like, step back from what I've done with technology, there's kind of been a through line or like a, a constant in it. And um, it's, it's always been about making things for creative people. Um, so I, I started out doing computer graphics. Um, that's what I did most in school. And I ended up working at Pixar for a long time. Um, and uh, there you're helping these amazing visual artists, animators and 3D painters and shaders and set dressers and the, you know, the whole shebang make a movie. Um, and they, they have this idea in their head of the, something that they want to see on screen, but they don't quite know how to get there. And, um, and I found that, yeah, I liked computer graphics, but what I really enjoyed was sitting down with the artist and figuring out, okay, well, based on what I know um, about, you know, uh, simulation and character rigging and all, all the things that go into the technical parts of making a movie, and based on what you told me you want to do, how do we, you know, how do we figure that out? Um, and so I did that for, you know, I, I, I bookend it with Finding Nemo through Brave or Toy Story 3, depending on how you count. Um, and then fast forward a little bit, I started working um, with some folks that I knew from Pixar um, here at a company called Toy Talk, and we're now called Polstring, but same company, same group of people. Um, but instead of visual artists, we are working now with um, writers and folks who want to uh, create stories, storytelling with the um, with natural language as the as the interaction model. Um, and so that's um, that's telling a story if you want to if you want to tell a story in the traditional sense that's telling a story if you are a brand with a product that you want to sell you want a particular story um, that's an that's an interactive fiction that's a game that's um, all these different types of stories and they have in common that they're driven by conversation uh, and I found that working with artists 
the writers in that case, there were a lot of analogs to working with um, visual artists. Um, even though the medium was totally different, the, um, the bridge between the left brain and the right brain, or qualitative and quantitative, uh, was, was there. And I find that I, I really enjoyed that. So that's, that's what I do. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I like hanging out in that space. And then when was the first time that you heard about the voice user interface? way later than when I started here. So like we have been building um, voice user interfaces or speech or natural language user interfaces um, before the term VUI was a thing I had ever heard anywhere else. Um, and so that was a term we learned to adopt internally because the rest of the world seemed to be using it. Um, but thinking about, we really think about it as a, as, um, as a script or a, you know, a, um, yeah, I mean, I think a script is the best analog, but instead of like being one dimension, it can fan out and go all sorts of different directions. Um, and so we want to build tools to help um, artists, in this case, writers or brand voices or marketers uh, create, um, yeah, create their, their story uh, without having to worry about technologically how you, how you do that. Um, and so now people are talking about VUIs, right? Voice user interfaces. Um, and that's, that's a part of it for sure. Um, and so, yeah, I, to answer your question, I probably heard that term for the first time two or three years ago. Um, but the whole time we've been building computer conversation, like I guess that's what we've been doing. Uh, I know that PullString is, a, is an, an amazing platform that helps people to design conversation. But I, I, I guess that there is something that you see on PullString that is amazing, but most people, they do not see it. Is there something that makes sense for you on Bullstring that doesn't make sense for others? A lot of what we do, um, you know, I'll take it back to the kind of the Pixar tradition since a lot of us spent so much time there. Um, at Pixar, story was king. And that was, that was kind of it. Everything you were doing, whether on the technical side or the artistic side, was done to serve the story. Um, you let the um, art inform the technology, not the other way around. It's not like, oh, we've got a cool technical trick. Let's figure out a way to get it in the movie. Um, and the same philosophy definitely applies here. We want to sit down with the artist and find out what do you want to achieve? And then we go back to our desks and scratch our heads and be like, okay, what is that, what is that going to mean? What are the things they said they need? Um, what are things that we think are going to come in the future that they maybe haven't thought of yet? Let's, let's build it from, from that point of view. Um, and that, so that's a philosophical difference um, that is really at the core of the technology we build. We want to empower um, creative people because the... The magic, the, the thing you can't teach people is to be, to, like, to have that sort of vision. Um, I can teach you to use a computer. I can teach you to, um, you know, use this uh, this tool set for, you know, building branching conversation. Um, but it, I said this once in another talk I gave. Your developer and your writer probably are not the same person. Or if they are, they shouldn't be. Because um, those tend not to be the same skill set like those those people tend not to be the same so you should try to capture that lightning in a bottle which is the writer and their ability to you know and every time i say writer here please know i'm talking about writers or brand voices or anybody who wants to create a, a computer um conversational experience but you want to empower them to do their thing whatever their thing is um and not try to force them into a particular a particular box so can you tell me like uh, a long sto story in a short story like what, what exactly uh, Bullstring does to 
not only like writers but also to developers how can you help them uh, yeah it's it's a lot of things um so we you know uh yeah we've built a bunch of different things um today we're creating uh, a um, a web interface for building on top of our platform uh and creating conversational experiences on alexa um today uh where you don't have to know anything about how um alexa works under the hood you don't have to know how to code against amazon's apis or or any of that um you can open that door if you want to um it, or if you need to interface with um you know some sort of back end system that your company might have to get data out like you can you can do all that but the idea is that you can kind of go from zero to skill in like 15 minutes without being a technical person um and so that's what we're that's what we're trying to empower you to do um Yeah, so I guess that's both the long and the the short story. Um we also support uh you know various things like um if you you know we've built things in the past to allow folks to use uh if they're building IoT devices to connect to our conversation cloud uh, products that we've built like Hello Barbie with Mattel um uses uses that sort of functionality. Uh, I have seen one of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh that was um I mean it's kind of like an Alexa, right? It is a, a very lightweight piece of hardware that has a Wi-Fi connection and a microphone um and then talks to our backend um cloud where actually all the um you know the speech recognition and the uh the um you know kind of figuring out where you're coming from where you were all the state and everything lives there the device itself is basically just a microphone and a, and a Wi-Fi um Wi-Fi chip um so that's kind of the IoT space and then we've built tools that are effectively like the photoshop for for conversation where um it's an incredibly powerful expert level tool where you can craft all sorts of you know different experiences we've done things for um a lot of uh, AAA video game titles um you know big promotional uh experiences for big uh, you know hollywood movies um you know uh helper applications for big brands that sort of thing so it, it could do all those different things fully embellished um audio situation text to speech um you know chatbots on various various platforms uh so it was kind of everything to everybody sort of situation all right since you just mentioned like chatbots yeah. i would like to go from that point and start to talk a little bit more about bots itself mm-hmm. uh do you have like a good definition for for them i mean yes and no because they can be so many different things right i think the thing that's core to a chat uh a chatbot or a, a experience is your number one form of interaction is via language um you know there there may be forms where you you point and click at things or pick from a menu or whatever but the the thing that's different for, between a chatbot and something else is uh, like a web page is you're interacting with language for the most part Um and then you can get into the discussion of well do you have to have a character in order to be a chatbot do you have to um uh, do you have to be you know have a particular attitude is it supposed to be a sentient thing or is it just another interface to to some technology I don't know I think you can make arguments either way um I prefer to keep it kind of open ended and say well it can be whatever you need it to be for the particular application um You know, some people will say, "Well, is is Alexa? Are skills on Alexa are those chatbots?" It's like, "Well, kind of in a way." Um but there's one character in that case, which is Alexa, right? That's there's her voice. Uh and so, you know, there are all sorts of discussions that folks have um, you know, is Alexa a uh, an oracle, meaning is it just an all-knowing, you know, is it the Wikipedia? It's just all the information is there, or is Alexa a concierge, like a person who's going to help connect you to 
you know, or an agent, I guess, that's going to help connect you to the stuff you want to learn about. Uh, I don't know if Amazon has a has an opinion about that yet. I think they're still trying to figure that out. Um, but I, I kind of see it as a form of, of chatbot. I, I like the way that you said because, like, uh, there are so many different names for that. Each platform, I mean, each platform colors differently. Sure. Like, Twitter is direct message. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook, it used to be messenger bots, mm -hmm. and now it is messenger experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, Alexa, it is skills. Google Home is actions. actions. Yeah. Uh, for everybody's or for every platform is a different name for but for the user point of view it's just like an application it is something that i interact with mm -hmm. but most of the times the companies and brands they struggle to create like a good bot or a good experience for that do you have any thoughts about like how companies or brands should be thinking about to create these strategies and these experiences for clients yeah, I mean, well, if you're talking about the split between voice and visual text, it's completely different, right? If you, if I'm trying to remember, if you tell me a list of things, once you get beyond the third thing, I'm going to have trouble remembering what the, what the first thing was, right? Whereas if you show me a list on a piece of paper, I can look at it, I can go back up, I can, you know, scan down it. That's one of the, the hardest things to do with a voice user interface, right, is present the same amount of information um, without making it feel like a... Um, Too many things. Yeah, they're like a... Um, I don't know what you call them in um, in Brazil, but we call them phone... Like a phone tree in America, where it's like you call and it says, okay, press one for this, press two for this, press three, and go through, you know, number nine, and you hear them all now, and then you say, oh, I think number four was the right one, but it wasn't. You really wanted three, and then you have to go listen to it again. Like, people hate that experience, right? Everybody always just presses zero to get to a person, get to a person. Um, and so that's a real problem. Like you, you definitely don't want to be mimicking the phone tree experience with the skill that you build. Uh, and so a lot of what we've done at Pullstring over the years, and not not always on purpose, we just kind of stumbled across techniques for uh, designing um, an experience that can still convey the same information, but doing it in a way that makes sense for voice. And uh, I mean, we're, we're not the only ones, obviously, thinking about this. Um, you know, Amazon and Google are thinking deeply about this. People are writing, you know, Kathy Pearl is writing books on, you know, designing, um, you know, bot user interfaces, voice designing for voice. You can get a job now as a VUI designer. That's a job. That job didn't exist, you know, three or four years ago. Um, so people get that that's really important. That's the key to making this technology not just something you do once and it's like, oh, cool, it hurt me, but like making it a daily, um, I don't want to say habit, but like, I'm going to do this thing via Alexa. It, it's actually easier than doing it, pulling out my phone and doing it or going to my laptop and doing it. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a totally different interaction model. So you have to relearn what user experience is. Like these new fields, voice user experience, right? That's like, okay, we're going to try to figure out that problem. Um, and it's much more complicated than I think people give it credit for when they start thinking that they're like, oh yeah, you know, just tell them, you just, they'll say it instead of read it. It's like, no, that's, that's number one, that's wrong. And two, there's, there's so much more you have to figure out. When it comes to design, uh, a conversation, the conversation itself is not something new, to be honest. No. Uh, it is a subject of study that has been around for forever. Like, forever. Everything is just like a conversation. We start to talk and interact with things as a conversation. And 
But the thing is, with these new things and with these new mental models that we have, it's a new way to interact with things. So the way that we design, it's not like our everyday design or actually it's not like designing an app or designing a book. Uh, I wonder if you can walk us through a little bit more about like these challenges. Yeah. Like when it comes to, I'm a designer as well, but like when it comes to design a a conversational user experience, uh, we have many things to look on that. We have the problem, we have the persona, we have the character that is going to be talking to someone. We even have the way that we say things, mm-hmm. and that's too many things to look at. It's a, there's a lot. Um, you know, you should really, at some point, I think, sit down with, um, uh, and in fact, I can give you contact information for a bunch of people, that this is what they would do day in and day out, is build these experiences, both voice and text for us. Um, it's interesting that you say, you know, conversation is a very old thing, right? It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's at least as old as civilization. Uh, what we found building this technology is the, the atoms or the building blocks of this technology that we've built are, have nothing to do with computers. They are concepts that have been present ever since people started thinking academically about what makes up a conversation, right? If you were a student in the you know, 1800s taking an oratory class at a university, right, you would have had the same concepts of, you know, segue and rejoinder and interjection. And, you know, those are the, those are the building blocks of our system. Um, and, yeah, if you were to crack open the source code, you know, that's what we're talking about. Those are the, the fundamental objects. Because that's, that's how, whether you think about it consciously or not, when we're interacting, that's how we're... Um, that's how we're expressing ourselves. And uh, there are all sorts of other nonverbal things that go on in a conversation that indicate, like you're doing right now, you're nodding at me saying, I know what you're talking about. And that gives me feedback that I'm going down a direction that makes sense. I don't have to clarify. You know, people talk with their hands. Um, you, like all that stuff, you know, as, as computers get, you know, more powerful and the, the um, sensory inputs get more complicated, you know, think about what's possible in, in VR or with haptic feedback or whatever, um, you, can, you can keep adding inputs to your system and using them to inform what your, what your dialogue engine is doing. Um, all that stuff is super important. Now, your original question was around tips for designing, right? Here today in, um, you know, May of 2018, <laughs> we don't have all that fancy stuff yet. What do we do? Uh, and a lot of it comes down to the techniques used by um, actors or um, speechwriters or uh, you know anybody who's going to perform. I'm talking specifically about voice now. Anybody who's going to perform something out loud. Um, you know, our writers would frequently get in a room and do, um, or with one other person and do like a um, a table read. Do you know what a table read is? Like, in a, yeah. Um, Just sit down and read the script. Yeah, it's like, here's the script. Everybody sit down and the characters are going to go around and do it. And you start to get a feel for the flow, right? Because what makes these experiences work or not is the flow. And uh, any sort of, you know, things that are like discontinuities in the experience make, you know, add friction and make it work less. And so that can be, you know, technical, you, you fell off the Wi-Fi or um, speech recognition, didn't understand what you said or uh, didn't build your intent model to accommodate a particular thing, right? Those are all hurdles um, that you can get because you didn't build the thing properly. But there's another kind of flow, which is the, um, just the, 
uh, prosody, I think, is the academic term for it. But the way the language feels and moves and the way, um, you know, you want to put emphasis on the right syllable, not emphasis on the right syllable, right? Like there's a difference there that makes it feel authentic. And um, you don't have to convince somebody that that they're talking to a human. That's not the goal. But you don't want the conversation to to be a sticking point, right? You want to have a free exchange of ideas. Sorry, you were going to say something. No, I was just about to add on the Google Duplex. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to talk about that. That like, That's one of the things that sold it. That's why the person at the hair salon didn't stop to... You know, hang up because they're talking to a you know to a machine, right? And that's that stuff's only going to get better and better. And you realize how much that matters uh, in terms of just like <laughs> lubricating a conversation or just like facilitating that that sort of flow. Um, yeah, I, you know, obviously that was a demo. They weren't going to show us any of the um, any of the times it went off the rails. Uh, but like everybody, everybody was blown away by that. And and you get it immediately right you don't have to be a technologist to understand why that would be why that's cool or why that would be helpful or you know i would like to talk a little bit more about like what what is cool and i know that you guys have been working with like amazing brands and stuff can you walk us through about some of the experiences that you have when designing like voice user experiences sure um you know when we're working with uh third party IP, um, uh, like I'll take Barbie, pick on Barbie as an example. Uh, Barbie has existed for, I don't know, 60 years, something like that. There was a lot of history um, for who Barbie is and things that Barbie would say and things that Barbie would not say and the, the, um, the types of questions she might ask and who, you know, there's, there's a backstory. There's a, there's a Barbie Bible that, you know, with all that information in it, there's a Barbie brand and legal team that wants to, you know, be kind of be in control of who that character is. And so our, um, vo- our VUI designers, our, our, um, our writers, in this case, one woman in particular wrote most of Barbie, had to uh, kind of synthesize all of that information and then turn around and figure out how to express that character, which already existed in a medium she'd never been in before. Um, and that process, I think, is pretty similar anytime you're working with existing, um, existing stories. You want to be true to the original um, intent of that character. There's a reason Barbie resonates with people. There's a, uh, we did um, one with Amazon and the, the Grand Tour, just the um, Top Gear kind of follow-on show that they did with Amazon. People love those characters. And so when we were going to build a, a game show based on three guys from um, the Grand Tour, we wanted to make sure that it was in the tone and the voice of that show, right? And so a lot of it is mapping um, something that people are already familiar with into uh, this new, this kind of new sort of technology. It's like all the world of the story. Exactly. Um, and I don't think that that process is at all unique to what we do here. Um, I think you do that as a writer on a TV show or you do that as a um, as one of ten animators on a movie that's animating one character. Um, you, you have to learn how to perform as that character. And uh, so we do the same thing with our, you know, our voice user interaction design. So we talk a little bit about like a specific uh, experience that you had with like a previous client, but how does it, those ring help clients today? Like, do you sit down 
help them to create their own experiences or you guys just like present the platform and that's it? We, I mean, yes, yes to both of those. So we have a couple of different models. Um, it, you know, it all is going to start with a conversation with us and finding out what you're, what you're trying to do. Um, and some models are more self-service um, where we point you at, uh, you know, copious documentation and examples and you take it and run with it. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of a middle ground where maybe you need some help with the technical integration with your backend services um, or you need our engineers to talk to your engineers to kind of facilitate that. Um, and then there's a full-on, like, we will be a partner with you to build some experiences. That, um, and we, we've done all those things. Uh, and it really depends on the thing that you're trying to build. So I feel like we talked a lot about you, Fullstream, sure. the clients that you had. And we are about to finish. And I wonder if you have, like, any thoughts on about AI, automation, bots, and even, like, voice user interfaces. Mm -hmm. They're coming. Yeah. They, they are here already. Yeah. And what do you think about the next one, five, and ten years? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna, the space is exploding. Um, you know, they, every now and then they tease at some numbers of how many Amazon Alexa devices are in United States households, right? They're constantly lighting up new regions in the world. Um, you know, India coming online is a, is a huge thing. Um, you know, and they're not the only player in the game. Google, if, you know, paying attention to IO this past week, uh, has, you know, is going hard into this space. Um, you know, Microsoft is going hard into this space. Apple is dipping their toe in the water. Like these are, you know, giant multinational, you know, multi-billion dollar companies placing big bets on, on voice computing. And, uh, you know, I think the, the main reason for it is technology is good enough for purpose is the kind of the thing I always say. At this point, speech recognition, uh, we kind of know how to do it. And once we've collected enough data, we'll be able to do it for every language, for every, um, every age, every gender, every um, accent, whatever. Like that will just, it'll just work. Um, and it's already very good in certain domains and it's only going to get better, right? A lot of times when people think about AI, they think about um, like, like AI that's indistinguishable from humans or super intelligent AI. Um, and maybe we'll get there someday. I don't know. I've heard some very smart people make arguments that we will never get to that. That's kind of a religious discussion. But where we're seeing huge advances right now is this kind of narrow domain AI. Um, classifiers, uh, things that are very targeted at one particular thing. Like, um, like I don't know if you watch the show Silicon Valley, but the, the like not hot dog app, right? Like that's a pretty good example of like this thing's only purpose in life is to decide whether or not something is a hot dog or not. It does a really good job of it. Um, that's kind of a, a pithy example, but like, you know, uh, facial detection, noticing if your friends are in a photo and asking if you want to tag them on Facebook or something, right? That's all, you know, deep learning kind of AI in, in action. And it's pretty, like, you don't actually, it's not really exposed to you. It's just exposed in the sense of like, oh, it noticed something cool, right? That type of thing is, is just accelerating. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's easy now to imagine that in a couple of years, you know, you'll walk by your refrigerator and your refrigerator will say, hey, Kyle, your milk's about to go bad. Do you want me to order some more? And you say, okay, thanks. And it says, okay, it'll be here tomorrow, right? Um, that sort of situation of saving you from drinking sour milk and going to the store, like, I think is hugely appealing to people. 
Um, and there are all sorts of interesting things that come along with it, privacy concerns and ethical concerns and like a lot of interesting stuff to be figured out. But uh, you know, the, the amount of power that you and I all carry around in our pocket and the fact that this is connected to, you know, directly to the internet as a, a video camera, a, a microphone, talks to satellites to get, you know, GPS signals, like, that's it, unbelievable. But, you know, think of the things we do today that people 50 years ago would have thought were magic and the things that they were doing that people 50 years before them would have thought were magic. Um, that's, I think that's one of the, the cool things to get a little corny. Uh, that's cool, one of the great things about humans. Like, we, we are constantly, like, we figure something out and then are like, okay, what can we do with this? And you get to some place that, you, you know, you can't even, can't even imagine. Um, but, you know, something else I'll say is that things that are coming now, uh, AR, VR, things that are kind of on the horizon for being everywhere, um, when you're in those experiences, you don't, I'll say it differently, the way you want to interact is with language. Um, so it's like a natural. Yeah, it, it it takes you out of the experience to be like holding a keyboard and a mouse while you're like in VR and trying to experience some other you know some other situation. So the idea that you know we're going to be interacting with a lot of technology with our voice, I think, is um, it's it's super obvious that that can make a lot of sense in a lot of situations. Um, and so it's exciting to just kind of be at the forefront of that now as we push it forward because we don't exactly know what the um, what those technologies are going to be or what the types of experiences that are going to make the most sense today versus tomorrow versus five years from now. Um, but yeah, it's an exciting space to work in for sure. All right. So I think, I think this is all. Thank you so much for having us here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to hear more about Bullstring and I hope you guys have enjoyed Yeah, cool. Thanks very much. Okay. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. Hey, you made it to the end. Congratulations. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really, really hope that you like it and also that you learn it a lot. If you have any questions about the topic that we discussed, please write us a comment and also find us on Twitter. Just look for at ShareAboutBot. I hope to see you next week with a new guest where we are going to share about bots.